You, you are, are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back <laughs> to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Since 1998, whether it's on your FM dial, internet radio station, podcast, or website, we're up here in the mix bringing you a slice of what we call 21st century black radio, a mix of old and new school music from the international black diaspora, rock, hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, etc., as well as news commentary and when we get a chance to throwing in interviews and stuff in the mix you got myself dj fusion on the mix and commentary and on the side you got my bro john judah what's going on judah yes indeed yes indeed we all wide world it's a primordial super black substance black matter j judah coming back out of with fused box the nappy graphic of course his love out to each and every one of you in the universe Fusebox is about to do it now. Do it now, big. Fusey, what's the deal? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Glad to be down here at the Rock and Roll Radio Show, as always. Of course, love to our listeners by whatever means you get to the show each week for our three-hour block of goodness. We sincerely appreciate it. And, of course, to our broadcast affiliates who help spread the Fusebox vibe and all of that good stuff. You can check out the updated list of all of our great broadcast affiliates. Check out all the other great content they have as well um, via our link on our official blog site, blackradioisback.com. You can also go to our main Fusebox Radio website where it links to a lot of our social networks, Facebook, um, Vimeo, Twitter, etc. As well as a brief description of the radio show and some other good stuff over at Fusebox Radio Online. F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O online as one word. Dot com. And um, yeah, if you want to get to us um, directly at the social networks, we all end with the same thing. It's all um, at ends with Fusebox Radio. So twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, myspace.com slash Fusebox Radio, etc., etc. And for those people who like getting the show on demand, we are um, available, um, as we said before, via podcast. You can go to our direct um, podcast website at any time if you're on your computer at fuseboxradio.podomatic.com. We're also accessible via iTunes, Flycast, and our new um, on-demand partner with um, TuneIn Radio. Um, they have really nice phone apps and computer apps and stuff. You can get all types of um, podcasts and radio stations from all over the world um, with them. So you go to TuneIn.com if you have the application already. I mean, just search for the Fusebox Radio. You can pull us up. I actually put it on my BlackBerry a day or two ago, and it works quite nicely. So, um, big up to them for putting us into their mix of a lot of accomplished stations and podcasts. And we're just going to continue on and um, make some good things jump off and happen. Um, one or two quick things to end up before we get into this week's show content. And a little teeny weeny bit of commentary um, Shouts out to the people of Authentic Contemporary Art And the Center for Green Urbanism in the D.C. metro area um, During this broadcast week I'm going to actually be DJing an event for them during the weekend mm, Excuse me So if you happen to be in the D.C. metro area on Friday, March 4th in the evening um, you can go to AuthenticArtOnline.com and go to their events section. 
then we'll have the um, latest um, information about the Making History 6, the Era of Our Dreams event. I'll be um, DJing um, for the opening of their series of a Women History Month event. So there's going to be a lot of great fine artwork and all of that good stuff. So definitely check it out. No doubt, no doubt. And um, the Center for Green Urbanism um, just opened up very recently. And they're really trying to big up a lot of people locally and internationally on the arts. And as well as be on the... Um, environmental in you know being green and you know looking out for the community and stuff in that way so big ups to those peoples and of course big ups to our folks on the writing in um over at planet ill with planetill.com and oh hell Nall at oh hell where respectively you got the indecent exposure um weekly articles where we big up lots of independent artists from all over the globe and um, I know on Oh Hell Nah, I've been a little quiet on the mixtape Mondays since, quite frankly, there hasn't been too many hot mixtapes out yet. But um, hopefully next week or two I'll be more regular on that. And the New Music Tuesday reviews with the fellow OHN music staff. Uh, my latest review on there is of Lupe Fiasco's um, Lasers album. And um, just at the short synopsis, I feel very conflicted about the album. I definitely believe the label had too much of a hand in it. And that watered down the entire project. But read the article and um, see what's good. I definitely think it was a music industry 4080 situation that happened with that dude. Because the content itself is pretty on point. The rhymes themselves are pretty on point, but some other things, man, uh, no, no. I do not know. But yep, yep, yep. Fusebox Radio, DJ Fusion, John Judah. We got a lot jumping off for. This week's show, of course, the mix of old and new school music, new Black Agenda Report segment, new segment from our friends over at Free Press at, um, with, the, with the Media Minutes. And um, we have our Black University Radio Network segment with Direct Effect. Shout out to Lamar Blackman and all of that crew and all of that good stuff. No doubt, no doubt. Oh, I have one more thing to announce for our people who are going to be in the D.C. Metro in the upcoming month. D.C. Fit Week is coming up March 21st to 25th, 2011. You can go to dcfitweek.com and check out a lot of information where they're having a whole week of a lot of free activities. Um, workshops, classes, speakers, fashion show, happy hours, the entire nine to promote um, fitness on a lot of levels, mentally, physically, and financially. And we're one of the sponsors of the event. And yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on. So definitely check out the website. You can go on there, and they already have a few events that are listed already in regards to what's happening throughout the week. And, you know, as a sponsor and you know just folks want to big up all of that type of stuff in general life um if you are in the dc metro definitely go to dcfitweek.com and check out what's good um they got coupons for like free stuff and a whole bunch of good goodies so definitely check it out plus i know with the way this economy is you know my pockets hit with the way this gas is going right now so financial fitness may be a little more nicer if it already wasn't nice for you Already, and um, yeah, we'll segue right into the news segment. Gas in the states, man, is has just been jacking up like crazy within the last week we broadcast. Um, gas has gone up 20 cents per gallon. Luckily, I drive my you know nice kind of semi old rust bucket and all of that, so I get that unleaded gas 
people who got premium and stuff. I feel sorry for y'all, man. Oh my god. I mean, I'm annoyed right now where I'm away in Maryland. It's about three forty average per gallon. And it's more and um, when you cross the DC border and stuff like that. For unleaded right now, it's like three seventy per gallon. And you know, you can't do that back in the day thing. You like just squeezing them with a gallon or two and get by. Especially if you live in the commuter area I know people in other states It's um, messed up as well They're saying it's partially due To the um, I don't like the term unrest I'll just say the current um, Political activities that are happening In North Africa and the Middle East um, Whether it's revolutions or things like that I think it's partially Probably that thing is also partially an excuse You know we've, We've seen this game before and checking out the mainstream news and other news outlets, is they're like, the gas is only going to go up more. And what kills me is with all this stuff going on, you still don't have people talking about alternate resources. To get things jumping in transportation. What happened to all that money was supposed to be invested in solar power and wind power and electric cars and all that rot. But I don't know, that's I guess just how things roll. And go and function to everybody. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I think that the thing has, um, the energy thing has done with people, with regular normal people, particularly people that I know, is that it's made them look at political things and differently. Certain mm-hmm. people who maybe did not necessarily care about certain things or who weren't necessarily looking into things mm-hmm. were affected by that because that made them spend money. No doubt. Then maybe they normally would have to spend. So sometimes individuals really don't respond until it's directly hitting them or directly affecting them um, through their pockets, and and which can make them wonder or research and look into certain things on why their things are the way they are. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's that's the good that comes out of it. Because you got a lot of people who aren't thinking a lot of things other than um, about themselves. So that can kind of broaden their horizons because it's something that is it's a form of pimping that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only comment I wanted to make on that. No doubt, no doubt. And in an indirect way, um, I saw an interesting article um, via Al Jazeera's English website this week where they were talking about you know, of all the, th- the um, things that are happening in the, um, well, essentially we want to go continental on the North African region and whatnot, whether it's from Egypt to Tunisia to um, the current situations in Libya and um, other various areas. They were like, they talk about this area being the Arab world, but they're not really trying to say this is all Africa. You know, whether people would like to say it or not, these are revolutions happening, you know, in the cradle of Africa that are also influencing other Arab countries that are in the sub-Sahara. And they, you know, kind of went in on this in a lot of levels, which was pretty interesting, which is probably why they don't like putting Al Jazeera on cable TV here too tough unless you got like satellite or something. Or whatever. Where in other words, the demarcation between Africa and the Middle East ended up happening by how they do everything else, you know, by maps and just keep addressing one area a certain way. And um, all of that. And you had people saying that besides Al Jazeera, like 
throughout you know Africa there weren't really too many major news outlets to put out information and stuff out there and when you look at European and American media they're going to address it in the way they want to address it so you know on that level it was interesting and they also talked about like how in places like the Ivory Coast and other countries where they went through their stuff or you know the condo or other various places that you know there's a lot of silence when stuff happens over there until it fits into a little box of negative news so you know I thought that was interesting um, little tidbit to think about especially when all this happened during Black History Month too so goes on in these countries, especially like Libya, which is uh, kind of a move for standoffish in some ways, or not necessarily wanting Europeans, white folk, or, or people, I guess, who are uh, uh, of the West to necessarily be in there outside of money, is that in these places, there will be an opposition to people who are like that. Mm-hmm. And as long as they can find an opposition to people who are like that, the outside world will be able to come in and pay these individuals, give them supplies, weapons, and they will try to hem them in, you know, I mean, almost be on the outside, but work through these individuals to try to take that on. I knew eventually that was going to happen in Libya. But once he had, you know, BP in there, you know, in, in some ways, that had something to do with the bombing back in the, in the 80s. You know, it was like something has to give, you know what I'm saying? And I think no doubt. that was his concession. But I knew eventually they wanted to kind of, um, to do that. That happens in, you know, Africa, uh, um, Latin America, and in Asia. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the principal thing, is once there's a, a pocket of resistance, even for people who maybe are for the place, for the, whatever, for the country, mm-hmm. like, or at least for the indigenous population. You know, there will be opposition and ego, and that will always be exploited as it has been in the United States also. No doubt. And I think one of the things we had to look at, too, was a lot of these people have been backed up for a minute. It wasn't just they're like, oh, they're so strong, we can't give them the boot. Um, Whether it's, you know, via military intervention, economic intervention, etc. As history shows, when other countries are really determined to get somebody out, it can kind of usually happen. And with Libya and Gaddafi, he's been there for over 40 years. You know, that's longer than, that's a, a few years longer than I've been on Earth. Much less um, some other things. And you had to look at the fact of, because of, you mentioned the oil and things of that nature, you know, people did business with Libya, including the United States. Or at least United States corporations, and maybe not so much um, directly the government. So when you look at like that situation and how things were in Egypt and other places, which is also another thing that's kind of interesting, the, the mainstream media doesn't show, is that you have a lot of protesters like, we don't want the U.S. involved with this too tough. We don't want the U.N. involved too tough because y'all ain't really helped us out in the past over many years. This dude's an office wrecking shop. You know, the, the common people over there are pretty swift to that. And, you know, I just think that's a whole interesting aspect of things, too, that's happening right now. So, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure somebody's benefiting from the things that's going on, whether it's fair or it's not fair. And all I can hope is for whoever innocent is involved is that they don't end up too bad from all the happenings around that way. Plus, one of the things that's interesting, too, is with this arena, you see all these revolutions happening in other places. But... They're really shutting down a lot of the information here about it. 
Like people don't want that mind to be spread. They want to be like that's happening over there because things are quote unquote so bad and blah blah blah. I'm not saying that the U.S. is the worst place on earth, but there's certainly stuff over here that people can protest, even if it's just walking. Because you know, some of the places there was nonviolent protests that created change, where people knew the stuff could jump off, but it was like majority nonviolent protests. The last time we had big waves of that type of protest was the civil rights era in the 60s and 70s. And there's a lot of people here who are still mad that that happened over 40 years later and trying to turn back the clock on that. So, interesting perspective from my end. That's a train of thought. So, definitely had to hit that goodness and stuff up. Um, what else is going on that's of interest here? Oh, they're really trying to um, get this private who was um, one of the people who was leaking a lot of the WikiLeaks papers. Private Bradley, man, they're really trying to get him on some charges badly. He got an extra 22 additional charges added to his case. That's supposed to go through, um, via military court. Since at the moment, they're not really able to do a hardcore direct link of him to um, Julian Assange and the WikiLeaks situation. Like, they know he's leaked stuff, but in other words, it wasn't necessarily a direct exchange because that's one of the reasons why they're trying to get him here in the States um, with, with Assange. And, you know, 22 extra counts after you had o- over so many counts where a lot of stuff you can are going to get bare minimum is 15 years to death. I think this is more of a scare tactic than anything else. Because sometimes it takes certain stuff to leak to show that, you know, things weren't sweet within the government and beyond to make real change or enlighten the people to try to take their power. So, we'll see things on that in Judah. Uh, no, I'm good Alrighty, cool, cool, cool. Oh, also best wishes to Serena Williams. They found out that she had um a blood clot in her lungs earlier this week. She had went to the hospital and they're saying, you know, so far things are monitored and stuff is okay. But they were saying she um suffered a premature embolism. Pardon me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. And stuff. I think I have it remotely right though. She just had to be getting a um appointment checked. Um, like a regular doctor's appointment. And people, you know, monitor stuff and found that out. And you know, they don't find things like regular. um, She wasn't getting regular uh, um, um, appointments. No, she was at a she was at a regular appointment. Oh, okay. And I guess you know when people were talking about various things, I guess scanning and stuff like that, they happened to find that out. And um, hope the best for her and her family, and then I also hope that they. They keep a watchful eye on these doctors because, you know, black entertainers have been dying. And I don't know if all of them have been have been dying at the times that maybe they they should have been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, at the end of the day, you go when you go. But at the same time, people have to be very watchful dealing with. Um, of course, you don't, we don't ever turn off medicine or doctors, but they have to be very watchful. You know what I'm saying? And I um, hope everything goes all right with them. And their family, and as they're done with this um, uh, medical situation. No doubt, no doubt. Um, let me see what else we got here. Okay, um, I know some of this other stuff, but now I can babble on forever. Okay, let's do one or two things on a relatively lighter note before we get into the radio show. Um, the Oscars, I honestly slept through them this past year because, quite frankly, it looked really boring. I know some people are like, why aren't you on Twitter making comments? Because people know with the Twitter account, I, if I'm watching one of these things, I'll usually 
you know, go in whether I like something or not. Um, quite frankly, I think it was more whitewashed than the Grammys this year. Um, there were no black actors or actresses whatsoever, or even writers and directors this year who got any recognition in this year's um, ceremony. I'm not terribly surprised. It's not exactly, you know, a We Are the World, United Colors of Benetton ad up in there with the Oscars and the Academy Awards um, committee. But this year was just really, really pitiful. And I'm not saying everybody put out the most wonderful works of art either. But even in terms of presenters and stuff like that, you ain't really have it. I don't know what type of middle America they're trying to reach out for, but from the clips I saw, it was whack. And part of it was probably whack because you ain't had some good people up on there. That could be anybody of color, much less black people. Well, as far as I'm concerned, um, Oscars is just like the Grammys or them other musical shows in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. They will never represent really the true blackness. True blackness not necessarily meaning a whole bunch of Negroes who talented, but it, it it but it does reflect through that in the sense of you know a certain vibe, a certain consciousness, which they're not about, mm-hmm. and it's usually expressed in the, the things that they choose and not having African Americans or not having black Americans there you know what I'm saying it's bigger than black Americans but at the same time when they are not um, included you know even like in, in, the, in the music thing we talked about the other day it's like you know you know it's not necessarily people make things accessible certain people have a certain time whatever whatever when things are good they're good period you know what I'm saying it doesn't matter when they came out you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and I think uh, the beauty of, of black people in America is that that's, that's a certain essence that we know is real that when we don't see it then you know we may be we'll watch these things to be entertained but at the end of the day we know that it's lame when African um, when black Americans are not uh, uh, um, a part of that Africans and Caribbeans don't count when African when black Americans are there that there's an expression that exists in America through us that can only be done through us. You know what I'm saying? And I think, or, or people who have been influenced by African Americans while living here. And I think that um, the Oscars, the Grammys, all them things, they have a fear of that, like they've always had a fear of that. And or at least being upstaged. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, I, I stopped watching that stuff many a year ago. You know what I'm saying? It never was, you know, never was something that was real. At the end of the day, if I liked it, cool. I didn't need, didn't need some crap somewhere giving a stamp of approval on it. I remember Eddie can't tell me something about, or Bob Marley, so-and-so, because, you know, that give a quick note on and stuff and on the other end let me dig up that information all right and last um t- 
topic of convo here um just on the gossipy blogging even though i think it could partially relate to race depending on how it develops <clears throat> excuse me and stuff later on this entire thing with um actor charlie sheen that's going on personally he's supposed to have a rep already being kind of a wild and crazy dude anyway so that part doesn't surprise me i think it's more the fact that we're in the internet age and you just see people kind of spectacularly fall apart when it's always in your face and furthermore when people are choosing for it to um be in their face now i can't lie i've peeped the blogs and you know i've seen some snippets of the interview personally i think old boy's cracking up but he's pulling one of the best con games i've ever seen for publicity and in this day and age it could be either or look at that thing that um have of um what is it jokan phoenix where they end up doing that that pseudo film documentary later on that people thought he was cracking up you know quite frankly it wouldn't surprise me i mean i don't think i would toss away however many million per episode for a top rated tv show but hey i'm not that dude i don't know what's good in the day i just hope the best for people's kids personally i'm kind of tired of all the charlie sheen winning jokes even though granted i made a few and all of that and um, we'll see what's good i mean one of the only things I see that's happening that could happen with this is he messes up so bad they start calling him by his born name because you know he wasn't born with the name of Charlie Sheen. You know, that, that dude is Carlos Estevez. When they try to say Carlos Estevez, a.k.a. Charlie Sheen, he done effed up badly or he pissed off the wrong people. You know, one of the things I noticed about him is he hasn't hit those real hot buttons yet that get people nervous. You know, you can kind of insult different demographics to a certain degree but he didn't do like the um fashion designer cat did i think giuliano or whatever he didn't insult um what some would look at as european jews or their background and stuff like that i mean he's been in hollywood for how long but i don't mean that people don't say nothing but um i don't know i just find it interesting how the coverage is just oversaturated with him as of late but whatever hope the best for the people and i hope they ain't cracking up and literally and figuratively crackish so yeah well one thing i would like to say is that um i don't necessarily believe the hype and what people are saying about dude and especially not completely his ex-wife um because there are good men who get railroaded by women that lie um i know that for a fact um so i don't know the facts on that and as a dude, I'm not going to throw him under the bus in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he comes from a family that is very talented. I think his father was deaf. I love his father and the father now. And um, I definitely think he's a talent himself. Um, I definitely like to see white boys stand up in, in the face of certain situations. And, um, you know, I hope the best for, for dude or whatever. Um, I don't, if he is running a con game, I don't necessarily feel that there's a problem with that, especially if, um, you know, uh, um, they are wrong, you know what I'm saying, and to say whatever, whatever, whatever. But, you know, it's not the bigger deal, because I think he's going to be all right regardless if he gets the show back or not. It's just maybe what they were paying him, and they were paying him because he was worth that. And if mm-hmm. she's seen that type of brand, what a type of brand are they seeing? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and he it obviously can generate that for them to pay him, and you know, and I get, and, and and everybody's cool with that. Uh, but you know, it's not really a big deal, and he'll definitely be able to get through this. And um, who knows? He maybe do 
do stuff on the level that's, you know, that was done by his uh, parents or whatever. And as far as the, the, the Estevez thing, um, I'm not sure if that would have hurt him because Latin is connected with the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church is very much connected to, like, a lot of um, other groups that are connected within the uh, American politics and media. So that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to hurt him when that's brought up. If he was an African-American, it wouldn't matter. Oh, he was African-American. If he got caught for dying back of weed, it would have been over. The focal point would have been a whole bunch of different things. But only, the last thing only matters when they look like African-Americans. Let's not get it twisted one second. That's the only reason why that, you know, otherwise, you know what I'm saying? If he stands up for what he wants to, that other stuff ain't gonna matter. You still, you stand up. So, you know, we're gonna niggerize you. You know what I'm saying? Well, see, that's one of the reasons why I brought up the entire Estevez joint because if they, you know, people look at him as essentially being a white dude. Even knowing the background of him and his pops and um, his brother Emilio and all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? So, in other words, on that level, I would I would have seen some media outlets maybe trying to do that, but on a slick tip. It's not, of course, going to be the same level as it would be of a darker-skinned person of color. But, you know, people do, you know, slick wordplay. So, that's how I had looked at that particular situation. But, anyway, I hope the best for everybody. I hope things are okay. I hope it's not that crazy. And if it is something that's crazy, I hope it can be solved. I'm a human being. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see nobody get all messed up and out of whack. With they been And yeah he's a talented dude I mean he's been a talented dude for quite some time It's not a new Jack we're seeing right now On the acting end So all the best But yeah I know that's been a little topic of convo So it's like why not bring the fuse box radio Two cents in But anyway man I know John Judah has the ill set Lined up with the music Yes indeed ladies and gentlemen Hold on hold tight A little bit of up tempo gonna make it shine Gonna make it be alright I Box of tempo-ness Black essence For the whole world The bread Beat them the funk And the fresh stuff instead Okay, okay No doubt, no doubt I've of course got my set of nice eclecticness So you know all the new segments I mentioned no beforehand and all that good right. B.I. So everybody get into it. This is the syndicated Fusebox Radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah, 21st Century Black Radio for the masses. During your weekly chill time, three hours of goodness, we about to get it in. All right. Peace. You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. DJ Listen to the situation, my son. I'm as serious as cancer. All fun is done. For the time, the people call it bomb to run. The two is valid. The best you will find. Living in CI, who the hell am I?
that's why the hurt It's about our east, we got the talent eating it up like a Sunday feast Hear from the doctor, go get the priest Cause as of now, MCs are deceased Straight from the mic, all trouble release You want a slice like a cake, I'll dish you a piece I need a scratch, crack, now my battery's banging Sorry for the poor to me to leave you hanging I'm good to go so that you know my words flow I got the voice that's choice, kicking in this demo Fully paid with my man Andrew Jackson My bank account and Ben Franklin just maxes So I sit court while my fifties I saw it Once in a while I lounge about in the gear that I brought Taking daily shopping sprees with major credit cards Buying up with all disregard Money ain't the object cause I got it to fling My lower class is well the valley and the upper chest king Step up on the platform, get a gear so I rank We complete with defeat, it's not at the bank Lesson skills if you will, don't let us trouble your faith But the almighty JVC Force, the boss was so great Strong Island Like it was a Titanic. Billy Taylor, no to rock the mic right. Excelling through the air like the confident flight. I could chill to the max to hold my place like a kite. But either way, on any day, I'm guaranteed to excite you. Here's a preview of my latest debut. What's coming next? Don't try to answer, cause you ain't got a clue. You can fight, but it's not wise. All I do is sue at your expense. Me and B and gain a million or two. She would bring you needy, play the corner with bruise. Eat the fly, see food to restaurants that's new. Roll out the windows in the limo while I'm cruising the deuce. Point out a girl, just a man, and take an infant to do. Playing the field, serving no kind of use, lingering on for the funky, funky rhymes I produce. Tell me which is my name, aka AJ. Just shut your mouth. In the situation, you ain't got say. Strong Island, Strong Island, Strong Island, Strong Island. Stay and be way out of here like Velvet Strong Island. 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 
by the gun. And if you come around, you better hope that we know you. Brooklyn's notorious, don't let me have to show you. How we get it popping from block to block. Hoping that we don't sell rocks to undercover cops. If you want good cheesecake, Junior's is the spot. The best pizza shop and even Chinese restaurants. At the corner store, bodegas, they make the best heroes. And if you ain't swagger, you an absolute zero. You can get a meal for less than four dollars. If you feel me, then holla, holla. Holla, holla. Invented the way you use your slang words slang And how words. to tell you when you getting on our damn nerves And then you wonder why your face is in the dirt Take a real good look at my shirt oh, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, Brooklyn This man was made in Brooklyn, Brooklyn I was born and raised in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Where from? Brooklyn, where from? Brooklyn Al Capone was born in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Michael Jordan was born in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Lino Horn was born in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Where from? It's the home of Biggie Smalls, Pissy Hall Projects, Respect, Hustlers Who Ball. It's the home of the original Dodgers, Crackheads and Nagging Baby Mamas, and Black Absentee Fathers. Home of Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand, the same barber that's responsible for Mike Tyson. Jazz Sport on the bat, polo on the sleeve. Boot camp click started Timberlands and Fatigue. The home of Spike Lee, the birthplace of David Blaine. Daddy Yo, Dana, Dana, even Big Daddy Kane. Pentecostal preachers and Muslims with the bow ties. Tomahawks, Hawks, Deceps, Face Heads, and Low Lives. Crown Heights, Bed Style. Browns building four green, Flatbush, Bushwick, East New York scene. Vincent Hurst, Canard see Brooklyn Heights is downtown. Can't forget Rat Hook because they put it down. It's the home of Foxy Brown, Little Kim and Mano. The birthplace of Chachi, aka Scott Bayo. The home of Ralph Crandon, aka Jackie Gleason. Happy police this season, harassing for no reason. The home of Rusty Jooks and my boys do a lot. Peace to the ones who survive and the ones who die. Tim Rockefeller, Divine, Man, Man, and Pug, OGB, Humsy. Rest in peace, one love. I was born and raised in.
You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fuse. Time is things pretty thing. Doing whatever we please. Listening to the radio. Watching all the people go all around here. Just feeling the breeze.
check this out. This is Chuck D. Public Enemy. You're now listening to Fuse Box Radio with DJ Fusion. Harder than you think. listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Chomsky says that propaganda is to democracy what violence is to totalitarianism. The freer a society believes it is, the more it must be propagandized into that belief. So naturally, even its political elite must have their views of the world properly formed for them, and especially those supposedly overseeing this country's longest-running invasion, Afghanistan. According to a report last week from Rolling Stone magazine, quote, the U.S. Army illegally ordered a team of soldiers specializing in psychological operations to manipulate visiting American senators into providing more troops and funding for the war, end quote. 
From war hero and former presidential hopeful John McCain to former funny man and liberal talk show host Al Franken, all got a good dose of psyops. But yet again, black America sets an awful trend because psychological operations against this community has been going on for centuries and that particular brand of terrorism shows no signs of slowing down. It is important to note the similarity in perspective between how the military and the founders of this country's academic field of communication studies see communication. In short, both see it as a weapon, and a big one too. Routinely have propaganda and bombs been used interchangeably as forms of communication and in each with the same end in mind, dominance. And that is full-spectrum dominance, as one scholar describes it, or the complete and total ideological control by the United States of land, sea, air, space, outer space, and cyberspace. Or as another scholar describes it, propaganda as an ideological offensive has been at least as central to U.S. national security strategy since 1945 as the atomic bomb. For one thing, one could actually use ideological offenses on a day-to-day basis as distinct from atomic warfare. These ideological offenses are also seen as adaptable for use against one's own population and are, again, absolutely necessary in managing the potential for free thinking to occur. So it stands to reason that the first brand-in-chief would also keep his predecessor's Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, and Brian Whitman, the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Public Relations, a.k.a. Chief Military Propagandist, who has already been exposed as having continued Bush's propaganda campaign designed to win public support for the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. But moreover, it stands to reason because this country is itself one big psyop targeting its captive inhabitants who might indeed leave, as is often encouraged of those who see it this way, were it not for the massive psyops preventing them from thinking it either desirable or possible, and particularly black people. From enslavement to sharecropping to debt peonage and prison lease systems, black codes and Jim and Jane Crow, to today's ghettos, prisons, and unemployment lines, black America has suffered one constant shock doctrine after another, a permanent psyop targeting the identity of black as human. Free thinking is to democracy what revolutionary violence is to a dictator, and hence the consistent assault on the African psyche and black consciousness. Today, six film companies and three music studios determine that popular anti-black images are so prevalent that even 10-year-old girls in Baltimore are reduced to begging popular rappers to stop depicting women as they often do, and many well-meaning people are reduced to believing these rappers have anything to do with it. Popular rappers exist themselves as psychological operations waged by the state against a potentially threatening internally held target population. Capitalism is its own perfect propagandist. But it was Du Bois who made the point as early as any of those who would develop these studies into the sciences they are today. We can call it the fundamental or archetypal propaganda. He called it the propaganda of history. Today's wave of propaganda is only truly understood when viewed in terms of what Du Bois said of this country's propaganda and its fidelity against the Negro since emancipation in this land, where we face one of the most stupendous efforts the world ever saw to discredit human beings, an effort involving universities, history, science, social life, and religion. To this, we only need ad mass media. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Jared Ball. Visit us online at blackagendareport.com. You are now, are now, are now, are now tuned in 
to the Fuse Box Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. <laughs> You're as good as they say you are. Syndicated worldwide to bring real black radio back to the masses.
You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Elevate the game. SS Digital Dash, bucket seats, pipes hanging off the, off the truck going gorilla, the whole box frame rattling glass, 5 MPH down the ab door, swinging eyes hanging off the paint job, sunlight flickering, stars give the same mirage, bend the corners hard, showing off, foot hanging through the door, 500 horses stomping, got the whole hood banging, bet they hear me out in Compton, right hip from Harshav, where it all started at, monster truck extended cab, 73 Caprice chopping, they mind when they see the slap. Boppers love to hear it slap. TVs in the front and back, pulling off 10 deep. That's, that's how we be rolling out, showing out. 15s, 18s, we be blowing out. Volume to the max, never ever holding back. We think they doing something until I pull up and trail it Residential Alpines beating 18s, cracking pencil, shattered muscle car dreams. When the Chevy and Paula leans from the flick of the switch, make it start dancing down the street like in New Orleans. Sounds like the second line is in the back seat. Brass trumpets, tooting noise, polluting, dating spokes, cruising, flip flop shine. Got the block, feel no what color I'm riding. Suck so low, it looks like I'm hiding. Clean patches of seat rides. Car reflect everything that I am. Classic and old school, mixed with new school. Fully dressed, new shoes. Cleaner than a whistle beat. Every time I pull upstairs, like they was missing me. Sitting so high, you need stairs when you enter the beat. Looking down at my competition. Remember when I didn't have a pot to piss in? Now I got windows to throw it out of and 12 door speakers to blare it out of. Yeah,
Welcome to Media Minutes. I'm Stevie Converse. And I'm Candace Clement. And I'm Megan Tatey. After years of working in the dark, the U.S. government finally has a map that should shed light on the nation's broadband needs. Who has it and who doesn't? Last week, the National Telecommunications and Information Administration released a nationwide map that offers the first comprehensive picture of broadband deployment in America. But the map has several major shortcomings, making the picture a little fuzzy. Rather than forcing Internet service providers to give the data about their subscribers, the NTIA gave $300 million in grants to 56 different state-designated private entities to gather the information. The result? 56 different sets of data collected in 56 different ways, as well as data that is simply missing from the map. Derek Turner, Research Director of Free Press. But the biggest glaring omission from this data set is it has no information on price. The biggest ISPs like AT&T jumped up and down and said that they would throw a wrench in the entire process if the government required them to list how much their services cost. Now we essentially have a somewhat interesting data set that lacks the most important variable when we're doing broadband market analysis, which is price. Lacking accurate and complete data, Turner says, could make it impossible to connect Americans to broadband. The government's talking right now about spending billions of dollars trying to get broadband into areas of the country that don't have it. But if the map is incomplete and we don't actually know where those holes are, so we overestimate in other areas, then we're going to continue to waste the subsidy money that could be used to close the digital divide. Turner says the FCC must stand up to the phone and cable industry and compel ISPs to report basic pricing and availability data on broadband to help fill in the holes. Canadian Internet users sent a strong message to their telecommunications regulator earlier this month. Stop making decisions in favor of the big telecoms and start making policy that helps people. The Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission imposed a new fee structure called usage-based billing on all the independent ISPs in the market. That means once you reach a certain cap on your broadband usage, you have to pay a lot more for going over your limit. Some ISPs have caps as low as 25 gigabytes, which doesn't last long with today's high bandwidth applications like video. They're talking about charging upwards of $4 per gigabyte. So some people build a double, some quadruple, like it would just fundamentally change how the Internet works. Steve Anderson is the national coordinator of OpenMedia.ca. He and his staff of two started a petition called Stop the Meter. The campaign exploded and became the largest in Canadian history. So far, they've collected more than 440,000 signatures. After both the Liberal and Conservative parties signed on, the government announced that they would require the CRTC to review its decision. Basically, they said you better come back with a decision that doesn't include usage-based billing. Canadians have been frustrated with high prices, terrible customer service, and lack of choices for Internet and cell phone providers for a long time. With these new fees being imposed, I think Canadians just sort of drew a line in the sand and said, you know, we're not 
We're not, we're not going to be pushed any further. Anderson admits it was a big win, but he has no illusions about the ongoing fight for keeping the Internet open. We're expecting that we'll win. You know, we still have to keep the pressure on, but um, it's certainly come a long way, and so far it's looking like a victory. Anderson will continue to be vigilant about usage-based billing as the CRTC review moves forward. But he isn't stopping there. He says the issue of metered billing is a symptom of a larger structural problem in telecommunications. There's a few different things we can do, and one of them is reform our regulator so it has more of a public interest mandate, and the other is take away the kind of market power these companies have, you know, separate their different businesses. For more information, go to openmedia.ca. You've been listening to Media Minutes, a production of Free Press, a national nonpartisan organization working to reform the media. For more information, visit www.freepress.net. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fuse. Uh, uh. I'm not a gangster, but I am gangster. The who's who with the hues like Langster. I take them to the brink of the break, then I wait patient for the hate to escape them. I make friends out of faith, never waste ends. Take pens on a date, never chase skins. Spray gems in your face to the nation. Yes, I have dreadlocks, no, I'm not Jamaican. If I go to the bank, then I make sense. If I go to Japan, then I make yens. First, I make a mistake and make it again. Then I make amends before anyone can take offense. I don't got a slow brain, but I get retarded. Spit the hardest coke and how I flip the market. So nice, me at full price is a bargain. Everything I know today, I learned back in kindergarten. First grade, second grade, third grade, four. Bell rings, walk out that door. Hard knock children, we in the building chilling. And I'll take it back. Fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, or some drop out. Hard knock children, we in the building chilling. I'll take it back. I always stay black, never stay back. Took more tests than a cage rat. Teach fake facts in my third grade class. Used to love the little mermaids. Armpits stink before they made acts. Before they had cell phones, before they made facts. No internet prodigy made cash. Sometimes I wish that they would bring arcades back. I used the light bright as a nightlight. Me and my little brother used to fight, fight, fight. What you know about a trite? What you know about smoking candy cigarettes without a light? Right in front of mama, days getting harder. Missing father, move from Michigan to stick, he didn't bother. Wishing I could go and see the cats down in winter garden. Everything I know now I learned back in kindergarten. First grade, second grade, third grade, four. Bell rings, walk out that door. Hard knock children, we in the building chilling. And I'll take it back. Fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, or some drop out. Hard knock children, we in the building chilling. Take it back. straw paper. Here come a spitball. Trading hour later. Playing pitfall. Kicking on a witch door on the fifth floor. Running down the stairs. Lee jeans. Patch ripped off. Never that. Help tag. Last man caught. Popular in school. Mad strings on a chance board. Crush on a big earring chick. Truth for dare. Only hoping dare get picked. House parties humping on the wall. Man sweat. Hang on the door. Sock ball. No nets. Old Walkman. Fast forward. Play stop. Almost dry when my dice effects tape pop. Rainy day. No recess, movie ain't hot. Nope. Let me guess, Team Wolf, Michael J. Fox. Firecracker does, they would like, but ah. ain't pop. Hulkamaniac hype when the giant got dropped. First grade, second grade, third grade, four. Bell rings, walk out that door. Hard knock children, we in the building chilling. And I'll take it back. Fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, or some drop out. You are now listening to 
Fuse box yeah. radio. I used to have peace, serenity, teaching divinity. Break bread, sipping the blood, eating with enemies. Blind, pearl on my mind, thinking we finna be. This, that, and the third. Boy, did I learn. Tables turn. Billy Holiday burned down to play when my nerves drown. My folks wait. Swerving in the locomotive. Far from my hopes and motives. Back to boasting at shows to get a standing note from all the fans I know. Well, some of that sapphire, rapid fire, soul stuff I used to hit them off with. But now I'm on some old paid and told for the way I played the role. Cautious when I lace the flow, cause pose think I'm paid in codes. Patience grown thin, homesick, and haven't been home since. Fuck a rapper, I'm an actor in the film call. Leave me the fuck alone till I find a real job. Busting chrome grills off at the soft hearted break beats. Bouncing with 808s and gray ink. Blue heart, red skies. True art died in the heart of my mind. Kept trying to fulfill this blank script with realness. Even if it kills this poet inside. To mimic me, sunshine every line you ever sent to me. Heaven sent, heavenly sent, that later crippled me. Shit, simple men don't learn. Put was your empathy. Couldn't see the fork in the road. Kept straight forward, straight towards a humble abode. We both hate more. Now that I fumble and fold it, that on the letter said, Dead men walking, don't dream. You taped yours, and you told me I could rent it. Thought it was invented for my view and pleasure. Human error, the imprintings turned teacher. Preacher turned God, couldn't reach her. Just the facade, the main feature. Modified for blogs, podcasts, past. High definition, she laughed past the message. Now I'm guessing that the joke's on me, cause I'm the only one threatened. The wretched by the window sketching. Pencil mural of the method. Don't sweat it. Techniques turning, burning incense. Listening to Billy burn my intent. Definitive days that turn my nights to fiction. Frictionless, just a pen trying to pimp the stress. Cause I couldn't keep a lid on my life. Naive as the dry leaves on the ground. Looking past the tree to the blue sky. Asking why me.
now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Waiting, sitting next to big hat wearers in plain brown, black, gray, green shoes. Starch itching my neck and cutting my silk silk tie. Sweating, wondering how to lure you to the band room or the basement or the pantry to throne on dry goods, carrying a handkerchief to muff the possible sounds we could make. Panting, I'm just panting. God is my witness and shakes his head. His son must remember puberty and estrogen and how the mixture smells like shit. Sugar, smells like sugar to an XY. Tasting, I'm just tasting. Bland tan wafers and warm welches, so pale. Pink and brown are the colors of heaven. Today, the best God can offer a growing boy. Afraid to stand, staring. I'm just staring. At back doors, side doors, placement of deacons, waiting for a move to make or match. Excuse myself, make my way to the bottom, the bottom of your dress. Praying, I'm so praying that before we leave, I can say cliche things that hurt. The ears of fat women making chicken lurk behind their Bibles in the places that keep the demons. And the comments. I swear, I'm praying. Before we leave, I can say cliche things that hurt the ears of fat women making chicken, but lurk behind their Bibles and the places that keep the demons. This is Free Speech Radio News for Wednesday, the 2nd of March, 2011. In San Francisco, I'm Danny Wood. Coming up on the newscast, Libyans in Benghazi protest US and international intervention. We'll examine the big cuts to education and health care in the Wisconsin governor's budget. I can't imagine, and this really gets my heart as a teacher, I can't imagine saying that $5.7 billion of transportation is going to take over for any child's education. Who are we? Is it people first and things second? Or is it things first and people second? And the U.S. Supreme Court rules that corporations are not entitled to claim a right to personal privacy under the Freedom of Information Act. Those stories and more, but first, this news. I'm Jess Burns with headlines for Free Speech Radio News. In Afghanistan, NATO forces have killed nine young boys who were walking in the mountains of Kunar province gathering firewood. 
In a statement, NATO Commander General David Petraeus apologized to the families of the victims and the people of Afghanistan. NATO said there was an error in relaying information about the origin of an insurgent rocket attack and that helicopters mistakenly opened fire on the boys, all between the ages of 9 and 15. Petraeus said an investigation is underway and that disciplinary action is possible. The New York Times reports about 200 protested in the nearby village of Nanglam, shouting anti-American sentiments. A Pakistani government minister who has been an outspoken critic of the country's blasphemy laws was assassinated today. Media outlets report that leaflets from the Taliban were found near the body of Shabazz Bhatti, a Christian who was shot at least eight times. In a video posted to the Guardian's website, Bhatti talks about the death threats made against him. The forces of violence, militant band organization, the Taliban and pro-Al-Qaeda, they want to impose their radical philosophy in Pakistan. And whoever stand against their radical philosophy, they threaten them. When I'm leading this campaign against the Sharia laws for the abolishment of blasphemy law and speaking for the oppressed and marginalized, persecuted Christian and other minority, these Taliban threaten me. Today, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton said she was outraged by the murder, referring to Bhatti as a courageous man. Another politician who criticized Pakistani Sharia law was assassinated earlier this year, as UN Radio's Charles Appel reports. Pakistan's Minister of Minority Affairs, Shabazz Bhatti, is the second high-profile public figure to be killed since the beginning of the year. On January 4, the governor of Punjab province, Salman Tasir, was assassinated in Islamabad by his own bodyguards because of his opposition to the blasphemy laws. Tassir has called for a Christian woman who was sentenced to death for blasphemy to be pardoned. The UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Navi Pillay, says that these killings are symptomatic of pervasive violence against religious minorities in Pakistan. Pillay is calling on the government of Pakistan to declare a moratorium on blasphemy laws. Charles Appel at the United Nations. Two U.S. military personnel were killed today at an airport in Frankfurt, Germany. A gunman, believed to be from Kosovo, opened fire on a U.S. military bus. Two others were injured. German police have apprehended the shooter. In response to last year's suicide by Rutgers student Tyler Clementi, university administration has decided to turn three dorms in part into co-ed living spaces, allowing students of the opposite sex to live together in the same room. Clementi killed himself after his male roommate allegedly streamed him having sex with another man over the Internet. According to the Star-Ledger, gay groups on campus have been asking for gender-neutral dorms for years without any movement by Rutgers officials. Today in Raleigh, North Carolina, advocates for expanded home births gathered in support of a woman arrested last month on charges of offering midwife services without proper licensing FSRN's Linda Marie Tarasi has the story. 56-year-old Emily Hyatt Medwin was arrested after attending a home birth that resulted in the hospitalization of the newborn. Police discovered that Medwin was not licensed with proper state credentials. They charged her with the unlawful practice of midwifery. For three decades, Medwin has been assisting women with home births as a certified professional midwife, which is recognized in 27 states including South Carolina, Virginia, California, and New York. 
In North Carolina, to be a legal attendant at a home birth, one must be a certified nurse midwife with an approval to practice signed by a physician. This requires a minimum of a bachelor's degree in nursing. Medwin's qualifications are equivalent to a post-high school certificate, and supporters are calling for the state's General Assembly to legalize that training. Linda Marie Tarasi, FSRN, Raleigh. And that's headlines for Free Speech Radio News. From Eugene, Oregon, I'm Jess Burns. I'm Danny Wood in San Francisco. In Libya, clashes continue between forces loyal to the regime of Colonel Gaddafi and the opposition. The Air Force dropped a bomb on the eastern oil town of Brega. But according to the AP, Gaddafi's loyalists failed to retake the town. In response to the violent crackdown on civilians by the Gaddafi regime, the United Nations suspended Libya from its Human Rights Council by unanimous vote in its 192-member General Assembly. UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon welcomed the decision and appealed to the UN General Assembly to act decisively. But in another speech today, broadcast on Libyan TV, Gaddafi denied he directly controlled Libya. Since 1977, I have handed over me and my officers of the revolutions, I handed power to the People's Committees and Congresses. Since then, it is the Libyan people who is responsible for administering power. It is not a system based on one president, government, or party, or class, or family. Anybody who wants to make sure they're welcome, we defy them, and we will put two fingers in their eyes with force. We will put two fingers in the eye of whoever defies the Libyan people. Sound and translation, courtesy of the BBC. At a Pentagon briefing, Secretary of Defense Robert Gates said there was no unanimity within NATO about the use of armed force in Libya. He gave details of U.S. armed forces now deployed to the area. Well, first of all, I have uh, directed um, uh, several Navy ships uh, to the Mediterranean. Um, USS Kearsarge and the Ponce will be entering the Mediterranean uh, shortly and will provide us um, a capability uh, for both uh, emergency evacuations and also for humanitarian relief. About 1,400 Marines from the Kearsarge are serving in Afghanistan, and so we are sending about 400 uh, Marines from the U.S. um, that will be in support of the Kearsarge's mission. To respond to this U.S. and international reaction to events in Libya, crowds recently gathered in liberated Benghazi. At a protest, Libyans held signs reading in English, We don't need USA or UK, and No to foreign military intervention. Jihan Hafiz with The Real News Network has more from Benghazi. There is already talk of U.S. military intervention in Libya. Here in Benghazi, Libyans overwhelmingly reject this possibility. You need to understand there are political issues going on in Libya now. The entire Libyan population is insisting against U.S. intervention or any involvement of foreign powers within Libya. Rebels in Benghazi are also rejecting calls from U.S. Senators John McCain and Joe Lieberman to send the liberated territory weapons to fight Gaddafi's forces. 
They insist they defeated the security forces of Muammar al-Qaddafi in Benghazi without the use of weapons and without the support of a foreign government. Their victory in the bloody battle for Benghazi has engendered a strong sense of unity and nationhood in a country known for tribal divisions. Neither a European nor an American military should intervene in the country, but we want to put pressure on Gaddafi's regime to fall. The free Libyan youth will, God willing, oust this criminal dictator from Libya. We only want them to stand strong with us and to prevent Gaddafi from bringing mercenaries from other African countries. The residents of Benghazi criticize leaders who have maintained good relations with Gaddafi even after the bloodshed from Europe to Latin America. South America actually know uh, probably even more than the uh, uh, Middle East and North Africa what dictatorship is. So we advise them to really uh, be cautious about what they, what, they, what they hear from their leader. Meanwhile, the rebels celebrated a newfound unity with Arab nations. They raised the flags of Egypt, Tunisia and Palestine. It makes me proud. I am proud to be an Egyptian. I am proud to be an Arab. Lift your head up high. We are Arabs. Lift your head up high. We are Arabs. This truck coming from Egypt is loaded with donated food. 16 tons of pasta, rice, oil and sugar. in neighboring Egypt and Tunisia, the Libyan people here are welcoming this food convoy from Egypt. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton expressed concern over food shortages, but food is still being given out for free in these streets as donations keep pouring in from Libya's neighbors. Jahan Hafiz for The Real News in Benghazi, Libya. Thousands in Ohio continue to protest a bill that would strip away collective bargaining rights from workers. SB 5 passed a Senate committee today, shortly after a Republican lawmaker opposing the bill was kicked off the committee. Meanwhile in Wisconsin, the governor unveiled a sweeping new budget with big cuts to education, health care and local government services. Despite being shut out of the Capitol for two days, thousands continue to rally outside against the governor's plans for the state. Molly Stentz and Joanne Powers have the story from Madison, Wisconsin. Governor Scott Walker's two-year, $60 billion budget cuts over 20,000 state jobs. It also repeals clean water standards and local recycling programs and cuts over $800 million for education. It privatizes the UW-Madison and Milwaukee State Universities. Walker did boost funding for road construction, and tourism marketing. Too many politicians have failed to tell the truth about our financial crisis. They left Wisconsinites in the dark about the extent of our fiscal problems. The facts are clear. Wisconsin is broke and it's time to start paying our bills today so our kids are not stuck with even bigger bills tomorrow. Loud chanting and drumming by protesters in the rotunda was clearly audible inside the assembly chambers though was not acknowledged. The building continues to be in lockdown in possible violation of a judge's restraining order and state law. Democratic Minority Leader 
Peter Barca, spoke from the assembly floor. Many members on our side of the aisle had a very difficult time coming to the chamber today. Because there was a court injunction that was issued to open this building, and the building is still not open. We're concerned it could be a violation of the open meetings law, which requires that the building be open to the public. You know, if we don't follow our own rules, we cease to be a nation of laws. Representative Tamara Grigsby from Milwaukee was outraged by the governor's budget. We cannot afford to cut a billion dollars from public education, nor can we afford the devastating blows that will be dealt to our municipalities through higher property taxes and poor services as a result of this budget proposal. Public sector workers are also shocked and strongly opposed. Madison police officer Brian Austin was one of many cops who joined protesters in the Capitol for several days. He says the cuts to local governments will have severe consequences for residents across the state. The only metaphor I can think of is this is like trying to fix a small leak in your roof by burning your entire house down. And it is very, very troubling to me. Some are concerned the budget cuts will roll back decades of progress in the state. Tom Howe from Oregon, Wisconsin, is a teacher, as is his mother and his son. I was listening deeply concerned, first of all, that we could return to what my mom went through as an individual bargaining with a superintendent across the desk and receiving contracts that were half of her male counterparts. This was the late 1950s in Wisconsin. I believe we're better than that. In fact, I know we are because I've lived my life here. Another teacher, Maureen Look Ainsworth from Waukesha, is Wisconsin's Teacher of the Year. She was brought to tears as she spoke of the budget cuts that would nearly double her classroom size. I can't imagine, and this really gets my heart as a teacher, I can't imagine saying that $5.7 billion of transportation is going to take over for any child's education. Who are we? Is it people first and things second? Or is it things first and people second? Many state employee contracts will expire in less than two weeks, and unions are laying the groundwork for potential strikes. Frank Emsbach, emeritus professor of the UW-Madison School for Workers and founder of Workers Independent News, says most labor victories in the state's history were won after coordinated strikes or job actions. I can only say that what we have seen in this country and in this state in the past is when the legislature is tone deaf and the governor is tone deaf, that the citizens of the state and the individual unions have taken some form of direct action. That's what we know has happened in the last 25 years. The governor has stressed that the new budget relies on the passage of his companion budget repair bill. That bill, which would strip unions of their collective bargaining rights, remains tabled in the Senate. Despite increased pressure, 14 Senate Democrats are still blocking its passage by remaining out of state. A hundred protesters continue to occupy the Capitol and hundreds more rally outside the doors. With Joanne Powers, I'm Molly Stentz, FSRN, Madison. Today, the Supreme Court ruled that an anti-gay demonstration by the Westboro Baptist Church at a funeral was legal. The decision upheld an appeals court ruling that threw out a judgment in favor of the father of a dead Marine who sued church members after they picketed his son's funeral. Albert Snyder's son Matthew was killed in Iraq in 2006. Members of the Westboro Baptist Church have picketed a number of military funerals to draw attention to their view that U.S. deaths in Afghanistan and Iraq are God's punishment for the nation's tolerance of homosexuality. 
On Tuesday, the Supreme Court released another decision. In FCC v AT&T, the court ruled unanimously that corporations are not entitled to claim a right to personal privacy under the Freedom of Information Act. This could have important implications for the controversial Citizens United ruling that gave corporations the same rights as individuals to donate unlimited funds to political campaigns. For more, we go to Elizabeth Wydra, Chief Legal Counsel with the Constitutional Accountability Centre. She filed legal briefs in both this FCC v AT&T case and the Citizens United case. Welcome to Free Speech Radio News. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Could you explain the context for this case? The Freedom of Information Act was intended to um, allow for government transparency and allow the public the right to view um, certain uh, to view government documents with um, particular important exemptions from that. And um, one of the exemptions is for uh, documents that were collected by the government for law enforcement investigations, which are withheld from public viewing under the Freedom of Information Act because they could cause embarrassment or an invasion of personal privacy to folks who cooperated with the law enforcement investigation. So here, AT&T was under investigation by the federal government for allegations of overcharging schools in a program that would bring uh, telecommunications technology to public schools in the United States. And CompTEL, uh, a competitor of AT&T, sought certain information that the government had collected during that law enforcement investigation. And the FCC um, protected certain information from disclosure, trade secrets, for example, um, under an exemption in in FOIA for... um, sensitive business information, but it refused um, to withhold certain documents that AT&T wanted um, kept secret under a claim that it could uh, invoke the personal privacy um, embarrassment exemption from FOIA. And, you know, the FCC said, uh, this is ridiculous, an artificial corporation can't claim uh, a right to personal privacy because You know, while the law does um, define person to mean a corporation for um, some some aspects of the law, it certainly can't mean that uh, that personal privacy includes artificial corporate entities' interests. Who can't, you know, a corporation can't be embarrassed or feel shame. Although, uh, arguably, some of them probably should. So, so how exactly did AT&T argue that corporations do have personal privacy? Well, it was mostly a uh, textual argument. So the Administrative Procedure, uh, uh, Procedure Act, of which FOIA is a part, um, defines person um, to include corporations. And so they said, look, if person can mean corporation, then simply saying personal um, in the phrase personal privacy must mean uh, that corporations can um, enjoy personal privacy. But the court, you know, in in even a a humorous manner, sort of, you know, uh, swatted this argument down. You know, Chief Justice Roberts, both at oral argument and in the decision this week, rejected that, saying that adjectives sometimes acquire distinct meanings of their own. You know, corny um, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with corn. Uh, Same with, you know, uh, squirrely and squirrel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And, you know, perhaps more important, uh, the court recognized that 
when we use the phrase personal privacy, we are talking about um, sort of uniquely human concerns that uh, don't uh, apply to corporations. You know, if if a manager at a corporation went to a colleague and says, you know, I have something personal to tell you, you wouldn't think that that person is going to then uh, tell you about some business. Uh, they're going to tell you something personal about their lives. What implications does this have for the Citizens United case when early last year the Supreme Court handed down that controversial decision extending First Amendment rights to corporations and unions and allowing them to spend unlimited funds on political campaigns. Do do these two rulings intersect? Well, a lot of us were concerned. Uh, My organization filed a brief in both Citizens United and FCC versus AT&T, and a lot of us were concerned that um, this case could give the court the opportunity to extend the idea articulated in Citizens United that corporations have the same uh, rights as living, breathing human beings. And Citizens United, as you mentioned, it was a First Amendment uh, right to free speech and to spend uh, in support of um, candidates in in elections. Um, So, you know, I think we are heartened by the fact that the court did not go down that that same road in FCC versus AT&T, that it um, at least recognized in this uh, extreme context that corporations are not the same as living, breathing human beings when it comes to personal privacy interests under the Freedom of Information Act. But I think it's really too early to tell whether, you know, the court is stepping back from its Citizens United uh, corporate personhood idea. Um, certainly, I hope that that is true, but I think that you know, it, it says a lot about where we are in terms of uh, this, this Supreme Court and their uh, pro-corporate jurisprudence that this ridiculous argument uh, was even um, debated in the Supreme Court, um, that, that this you know, argument that was swatted away quickly um, and unanimously by the Supreme Court um, shows that it's quite an absurd argument. And, and the fact that it's even being seriously debated um, really uh, shows that the court has been bending over backwards to uh, accommodate corporate interests that AT&T could argue this with a straight face. Elizabeth Wydra, Chief Legal Counsel with the Constitutional Accountability Centre. Thanks very much for talking with Free Speech Radio News. Thank you so much for having me. Congress averted a government shutdown by passing a two-week stopgap funding measure. Now the real debate begins as Republicans and Democrats have two weeks to agree on a spending bill. Right now the two sides are worlds apart on how to move forward. FSRN's Leanne Caldwell reports. The Senate followed the House and easily passed a two-week spending bill to keep the government providing health care, handing out Social Security checks, and answering the phones at the IRS. The compromise measure cuts $4 billion from the budget by eliminating some programs okayed by the president, as well as by cutting earmarks. But the clock is ticking for Republicans and Democrats to agree on a measure to fund the remainder of the year. At stake are $60 billion of savings that would slash government programs and, as Fed Chair Ben Bernanke said Wednesday, would cost a couple hundred thousand jobs. The Democrats say the House proposal passed two weeks ago cuts too much and would harm the economy. 
I can't understand this Republican approach. They are clearly in recession denial. They refuse to acknowledge 15 million Americans are out of work and things we do here in Washington make a difference. Assistant Democratic Leader Senator Richard Durbin. The Republicans are in denial. They think that everything they do is separate and apart from the economy. It isn't. It is part of the economy. Republicans see it differently. House Speaker John Boehner. Reining in out-of-control federal spending will, in fact, help create a better environment for job creation in our country. Two opposing ideological stances with a large gap in between. The White House has stepped in to broker a deal. Vice President Biden has invited leaders of both parties to the negotiating table. Democratic Senator Chuck Schumer of New York. If Republicans are serious about negotiating a responsible compromise, they should accept this invitation immediately and get to work. But the Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell says his party already has their proposal. Where is the Senate Democratic proposal? Where are they on the question of how do we fund the government for the balance of the year? The real challenge of both parties' leadership will be to get buy-in from their own caucus on any compromise. Independent Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont says the House budget cuts are non-negotiable. The question arises as to how we, in fact, will deal with the deficit. Uh, we will, will we deal with it in a way that is fair and just, or will we, at a time when the gap between the very, very wealthy and everybody else is growing wider, will we, in fact, try to balance the budget on the, back, on the backs of the middle class, on the backs of the poor, on the backs of the elderly, the sick, the children. Tea Party freshmen and veteran lawmakers adhering to Tea Party demands are also adamant. They say any budget that cuts less than $60 billion in the next seven months would be unacceptable. And while funding for this year is tenuous, Republican Senator Richard Shelby of Alabama says this budget battle is only the beginning. I think this is just a skirmish around the margins. Wait, wait another year. It's going to get worse. Next year is an election year. Leanne Caldwell, FSRN, Washington, D.C. Today, FSRN says goodbye to our longtime contributor, Leanne Caldwell. Leanne has worked as FSRN's D.C. editor and reporter for the last five years, covering Congress, the White House, the Supreme Court, and just about every government agency. She's reported on some of the most significant stories of the last years, including the wars in Iraq, Afghanistan and Pakistan, U.S. torture and detention policies, the U.S. financial collapse and recession, health care, immigration and countless other issues. Leanne's radio contributions also reach beyond FSRN. She's hosted live Pacifica coverage and is founder of DC's Radio Roots, a program that trains youth in radio news and production. We here at FSRN are very grateful to have had the last five years with Leanne Caldwell, and we hope you'll join us in wishing her the best in her future endeavours. Thanks, Leanne. You'll be missed. And that'll do it for today's program. The newscast was produced by Catherine Comp. Headlines editor was Jess Burns. Our Washington, D.C. editor was Leanne Caldwell. Our technical production team at KPFA in Berkeley is Rose Katapchi and Scott Pham. Thanks to the Real News Network, KPFA, Nathan Moore, the FSRN Board and Steering Committee, and many others for relentless work to make sure FSRN stays on the air. For more information on how you can support FSRN, go to our website, 
fsrn.org. Thanks for listening. In San Francisco, I'm Danny Wood. You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. Sometimes you just gotta go. You will never know what you could ever be. If you never try, you will never see. Stayed in Africa, we ain't never leave. So it was no slave in a history. When no slave ships, when no misery. Call me crazy, or isn't he? See, I fell asleep. White man ain't hear it, so he did not destroy it. Wayne worked for free, see they had to employ it. Built it up together, so we equally appointed. First 400 years, see we actually enjoyed it. Constitution written by W.E.B. Du Bois. When the Reconstruction Civil War got avoided. Little black Sambo grows up to be a lawyer. Extra, extra on the newsstands. Black woman voted head of Ku Klux Klan. Malcolm Little dies as an old man. Martin Luther King read the eulogy for him. Followed by Bill O'Reilly who read from the Koran. President Bush sends condolences from Iran. Where Fox News reports lie that Ahmadini Jai wins the Mandela Peace Prize. You never know you could ever be. If you never try, you will never see. Stayed in Africa, we ain't never leave. So it was no slaves in our history. When no slave ships, when no misery. Call me crazy, or isn't he? See, I fell asleep, and I had a dream. It was all black, everything. Uh, and it ain't no projects. Keeping it real's not an understood concept. Yeah, complexion's not a contest. Cause racism has no context. Hip hop ain't got a section called conscious. Everybody rapping like crack never happened. Crips never occurred, no bloods to attack then. Matter of fact, no hood to attack in. Somalia's a great place to relax in. Fred Astaire was the first to do a backspin. The Rat Pack was a cool group of black men that inspired five white guys called the Jacksons. Eminem fitted in, but then again, he inspired a black rapper trying to mimic him. And that's who really rose up out of Michigan A sign of white rapper by the name of Fitness Sin You will never know what you could ever be If you never try, you will never see Stayed in Africa, we ain't never leave So it was no slaves in our history When no slave ships, when no misery Call me crazy, or isn't he? See, I fell asleep, and I had a dream It was all black, everything and I know it's just a fantasy, I cordially invite you to ask why can't it be? Now we can't do nothing about the past, but we can do something about the future that we have. We can make it fast, or we can make it last. Every woman queen, and every man a king, and when those color lines come, we can't see between. We just close our eyes till it's all black, everything. You will never know what you could ever be. If you never try, you will never see. Stayed in Africa, we ain't never leave. So it was no slaves in our history. When no slave ships, when no misery. Call me crazy, or isn't he? See, I fell asleep and I had a dream. It was all black, everything.
What's up, everybody? It's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman, and this is Direct Effects. That's right, the jump off. Your hottest daily dose of entertainment and college news brought to you by the Black University Radio Network. Make sure you follow us. That's twitter.com front slash black college. And on today's show, we sit down with one of the most conscious rappers in the game today, Common. And he speaks on his style and what he has on deck for 2011. And don't have time to go to the gym, snowed in, or it's just too cold? Well, I'll break down two or three 10-minute exercises you can do at home or work that will prove just as effective as the longer ones. And water is the most important component for survival on this planet. So why do so many people hate drinking it? We'll explore this insanity all right here next. Don't you move on Direct Effect. Let's go to Vegas featuring Snoop Dogg as the hot new singer blazing clubs and mixtapes across the country. Bright lights, big cars, big smoke from cigars. Get yours. True Vision Media Group CEO and artist Dollface, repping Baltimore, Maryland, is ready to turn the heat up on the music industry this spring with her hot lead single, simply titled Let's Go Vegas, featuring Snoop Dogg. If you want to take bets for the Dollface's hot new single, Let's Go to Vegas, has garnered national airplay and is available now on iTunes. Download Dollface's hot new single, Let's Go to Vegas, featuring Snoop Dogg, on her official site, dollfacemusic.com, and follow her at twitter.com front slash dollfacemusic. Water is absolutely essential to the human body's survival, not juice or soda pop. A person can survive for about a month with no food, but only about five days without water. Water is essential to maintain a healthy body weight by increasing metabolism and regulating the appetite. Water leads to increased energy levels. The most common cause of daytime fatigue is mild dehydration, studies show. Drinking up to 7 to 10 glasses of water per day can decrease the risk of certain types of cancers, including colon, bladder, and breast cancer. Adequate hydration can significantly reduce joint and back pain, flush out waste and bacteria that causes disease. Adequate hydration will prevent and alleviate headaches. Water moisturizes the skin and ensures proper cellular formation to give the skin a healthy glowing appearance. Water is also one of the main aids to proper digestion. Make sure you put the soda and juice down and get your 7 to 10 glasses per day. Drink water. We caught up with one of the most conscious rappers in the game, Common. And he's also acting now, so you can catch him in Just Right alongside Queen Latifah and an American gangster with Denzel Washington, all on video right now. Now here's Common speaking on maintaining his consciousness in the jungle that is the music business and Hollywood. What's good, fam? The Believer is like... I'm working on it now. It's a, it's me, no ID, Kanye West, and um, who else? Twilight Tone. And basically, this album is is a, it's the hip hop, the boom bap, and uh, and really, man, I just want to make some music that people can be inspired by, and it's, and it's definitely gonna be that raw sound of hip hop, the soulful and good music. So, and we're looking at it coming out this fall. I do have a song on the. On this, um, at the end of this movie that we're putting out right now called The Next Time, featuring Latifah. And um, 
And yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I definitely want to get into it, producing films and writing films. And, uh, you know, like that's, being around Latifah is like, shoot, you, you're like, man, this woman can do it all. Like this woman is, can she can rap. She can do jazz music, singing very well. She can get Oscar-nominated performances, um, produce films. Like, so, I mean, I'm inspired by her and inspired by, like, people like Will Smith. And, um, yeah, my goal is to definitely get into production. That's Common Sense. Nah, he's just common now. And you can check his films out now, Just Right, and American Gangster. All you got to do is visit him at Common.com. And here's his hot new single, Good Looking Out, fam. While many of us think we're too busy to exercise, experts are busy taking that little excuse out of the mix. We now know that short, quick workouts, two or three 10-minute workouts throughout the day, can be just as effective as longer workouts. The key is to focus on intensity and use your time wisely. There are a variety of cardio and strength exercises you can do in a short time to get the most out of your exercise time. To get the most out of your 10-minute cardio session, you want to, number one, focus on working harder than usual. Do a one-minute brisk walk or march in place, a one-minute light jog outside around the house or in place, a one-minute jumping jacks, one-minute long jumping forward landing with both feet together, one-minute light jog, and finish up with one-minute jumping jacks. For strength, your 10 minutes should consist of one-minute leg extensions, one-minute leg press, a minute of seated leg curl and a minute of calf raises, do chest press, seated row, overhead press, bicep curls with cables, and tricep extensions with a row. That's all you need to do. Go get it in. Hey, are you tired of those same old energy drinks with bad taste? Make a switch to Pitbull Energy Drink with a guaranteed no aftertaste. Pitbull offers more energy with ginseng and vitamins B6 and B12. With a ginger ale, lemon lime flavor, Pitbull meets the consumer's demand for better tasting and healthier energy products with a guaranteed no aftertaste. Make a switch to Pitbull Energy Drink. Pitbull offers more energy with ginseng and vitamins B6 and B12. With a ginger ale, lemon lime flavor, Pitbull meets the consumer's demand for better tasting and healthier energy products. For more information on Pitbull energy drinks, bars, and mixes, visit their website at hiphopbev.com. That's hiphopbev.com. Online orders available at hiphopbev.com. That's going to do it for this edition of Direct Effects, y'all. It's a wrap. Again, I want to just give big shouts to all the campuses that are in Direct Effects, all my folks out there, WSSB, South Carolina State, Jimmy Johnson, and my man Carolina Kings. What's going on out there for all my DJs and my folks out there, Chicago State? What's going on, WCSU, 610 AM? Thank you for Aaron Direct Effects. It's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman. Don't. Listen to Direct Effects, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now witnessing these boxes.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. The head is too nappy. Yep, yep. The head is too nappy. But I'm happy. Left the city, my mama. She said, don't come back home. These kids from killing each other. They lost their minds. They, they quit in school making bad.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the chocolate room.
right here on the Fuse Box Radio.
And I'm hanging out with Fusebox Radio and BlackRadiosBack.com.
Let it feel ya for me. 
know the nappy grand is in the building. is granted. 
the courtship commence. Pardon me. Step aside, please. Coming through. Excuse me. Out of the way. Greetings, great friends. Presenting Miss Amani Azim. Yo, check this out. Chuck, dear public enemy, you're now in the mix with my man, John Judah. Radio. Yeah. 